Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. Uh, This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never Give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. May the Lord's true sheep stick closer to him now more than any time in history. Beloved, it's about to get real dark. So, what we talking about today well anyone and i mean anyone can claim to be a christian and follow jesus but how you live your life will reveal if you truly are amen so let us go to the scriptures because the lord jesus tells us how we can know we are truly following him and not be religious, not being deceived and hypocritical because living like that, claiming the name, I've said it many times on the podcast, we are going to perish. So, Let's go to the scriptures because John 14, 15, the Lord Jesus says, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. Amen. First John, first John 1, 5 through 7, because beloved, we know God is light. This is the message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him and now announced to you that God is light. Amen. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness and in him, there is no darkness at all. 
no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. If we say, see, see, beloved, look at verse six. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness of sin, we lie. We lie and do not practice the truth. Amen. John just told us about God. He is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. Therefore, in him, there is no darkness at all. No sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. Therefore, if so facto, if we say that we have fellowship with him who is light, who has no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection, and we say we follow this God, but yet we continue to walk in darkness. John is saying we are a bunch of liars, and he's right. And not only are we liars, but we do not practice the truth. Verse 7, but if we really walk in the light, okay, that is live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God as he himself is in the light, well, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another, he with us and we with him. Hallelujah. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Amen. I am so joyful right now because many want to deceive us. They want us to bypass this very passage alone, not to mention the plethora of scriptures that tells us once we are in Christ, no, no, now that we are in Christ Jesus, we must put off the old man and put on the new man, abandoning our old ways. But many are trying to deceive us. They are stumbling blocks. They claim to be Christians and followers of Jesus, but they are still living wickedly. And then they want to turn around and tell us who see the scriptures right here 
They want us to believe we can walk in disobedience, commit acts of abominations, and still make it into heaven. And some are so arrogant and prideful that they have been caught in vile wickedness. And these are men of the cloth who claims they speak and hear from God. They teach his word to the masses rather than <clears throat> rather than repenting <clears throat> excuse me listen rather than repenting these are they who say they are not in trouble because if the claim is true well all they have to do is repent really because their pseudo fake repentance is nothing but a show. They believe that they can get away with so much sin and treason against holy God that they are in a position to escape his wrath. There is no true repentance. If you hold in your back pocket as some ace in the hole, that you in your filthiness and nastiness and vile affections think that you can continue to do what you do and if it comes to the light, well, all I got to do is just repent and I am forgiven. Well, you are abusing grace. And this is what we talking about because whether you are in the pulpit or sitting in the pews, many are claiming to be Christians and yet they are still in willful, deliberate, habitual, blatant abominations. Believing that they are going to heaven anyway. All I got to do is just say, I'm sorry. I'm not in any trouble. Where is the humbling of it all? Where is the contrite in spirit of it all? Where? Because some mentality is, well, I'm going to ride this sin train until the wheels fall off. Because if it does come to light, well, all I got to do is just repent and God must forgive me. See, beloved, some people think that Jesus don't have a clue. Oh, he got the clue because he tells us about this clue over here in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. Oh, he tells us how he got the clue 
the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Oh, beloved, we are not getting away with anything. And yes, Holy Spirit, this is the reason for today's podcast. We cannot be out here claiming Jesus' name, but no one is turning from iniquity. Where's my, where's my, where's my note? See, I disorganized my desk. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Right here. 2 Timothy 2.19, let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Amen. That's a commandment. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Because Paul was talking about how Jesus knows who are his. He know us and we know him. So listen, Matthew, Matthew 16, 24 to 27, because the Lord tells us explicitly that discipleship is costly. Following Jesus will cost you everything. That's why he said, think about it. Consider the cost. Because if you think, if I think for one skinny moment that I can have Jesus, eternal life, and the kingdom of God, and this evil present world, Two, yep, we are deceived. So Matthew 16, 24 to 27, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, interests and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living and, if need be, suffering. Oh, beloved, we could put a a pen right here and I can shut off the podcast because many people don't want to suffer for Jesus sake. They, (laughs) they want their treasures and pleasures and Pharaoh empires. They want it all, but you can't have it all. You can't have this world and Jesus too. You can't serve mammon 
and God at the same time. And I'm telling you, as we live and breathe, we see many, many people trying to prove Jesus wrong. Oh, I can have this world and you too. And he said, no, because hearts will be divided. Loyalties will be divided. He said, you either going to love one and hate the other. Hold on to one and despise the other, but you can't serve both God and mammon. Oh, hallelujah. So back over here to Matthew 16. We see in verse 25, Jesus is saying, listen, discipleship is costly. Verse 25, for whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. Amen. For what? Because I'm telling you, Verse 26, I I don't know about you all, but it keeps me sober-minded. As tempting as it can be to chase after everything this world has to offer, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. As tempting as those things are, but Jesus says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And we know, beloved, many, many has given up eternal life for the here and the now, the pleasures and treasures and trinkets of this world. They gave up. They sold, as the phrase go, they sold their souls to the devil. They rejected Jesus, regardless of what they say, because many can open up that mouth and say whatever they want to say. But if they are not following and keeping the commandments of Jesus, John just finished telling us he done already told us we are a bunch of liars. And not only that, we don't hold on to the truth at all. So, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul because listen verse 27 at the end of the day i don't care what this luciferian satanic devil worshiping god denying christ rejecting world got to say because lord jesus says for the son of man is coming 
He is going to come in the glory and majesty of his father with his angels. And then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. Amen. Oh, my brothers and sisters, if we don't catch what the Lord Jesus is putting down, we are going to perish. Everything we do, think, and speak, and be will be judged in righteousness. That means Jesus' judgment is correct without error and spot on. That's why we must check our hearts and cultivate and examine our lives to see, are we truly in the faith? Because if you believe that you can be a homosexual and a Christian, a follower of Jesus, you are deceived. If you believe being in an adulterous remarriage when your first covenant spouse is still alive and you say you follow Jesus, although he tells us in the Gospels, if you remarry, if you have divorced and have remarried, and your covenant spouse, that means the first one you went to the altar with in holy matrimony is still alive, you commit adultery. The one flesh union is not fulfilled until death of one of the partners. That's it. <clears throat> and many people, they can kick and scream. They can try to pull out the old covenant, what David did, what Solomon did, what Esther did, and about how you can have as many, the men can have as many wives as they want to, but the woman, she's the adulterer if she remarries, but what about the men? Well, because you know, and then they start pulling out all of this Hebrew roots movement nonsense that men can have as many wives as they want to and just shifting the blame on the woman. Listen, beloved, you cannot be a lying thief, a murderous, greedy, adulterous, scandalous heretic just living your best life now in willful sin and even think, even imply that you and God are still in good standing, you are deceived. We will be judged because Christ Jesus is coming back. Now, we who are in Christ Jesus, who have truly, sincerely repented of sin and are striving daily 
to enter through the straight and narrow gate. We have divorced ourselves from this world. We have in complete humility surrendered our lives to God. We have submitted our will, everything within us, bowed down to the one who saved our wretched souls. We too will be judged how we lived out these born-again lives. We won't be judged for sin because that was dealt with at the cross. But we can stand to lose some some rewards. And as Paul said, we will be saved barely as if escaping the fire. That means, and Cynthia, speak by the skin of your teeth. We made it into the kingdom. So rather than having 20 cities to rule over, we may only get two. Okay. But when Jesus returns, he's coming in judgment, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who knew not God. Okay, because I, listen, I don't care what folk is saying about how I'm a Christian. I I follow the teachings of Jesus, really. Well, how can you say that, but you are living in abominations? He knows every man. And he will judge every man, like he said, according to his deeds, whether it be good or evil. Oh, beloved, what else I got for you? Mark 12. Mark 12, 29 to 31. Jesus answered. The first and most important one is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. That means with all of your understanding and with all your strength. This is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Amen. The Lord is giving us his law. And he's saying that all of the laws of Moses and the writings of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God with everything within you and and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, if we believe that somehow we can still disobey God and still live these lives of treachery, deceit, covetousness, 
licentiousness with no real remorse, no real repentance. If we, I mean, it's like just stop and think. These scriptures alone, who do you think Jesus is? Because the apostate church preach a different Jesus. It is a fake Jesus. And those standing up in the pulpits just being complete stumbling blocks. They preach another Jesus. Their Jesus says, oh, it's okay what you do. If you get caught, well, just make some public declaration, some apology, and I got you covered. No, that's not the real Jesus. Because Jesus already knows what's in that heart, in that mind. And he knows you are nothing but a big phony. You're not getting away. I'm not getting away with anything. Not at all. So, the Lord tells us, there is no greater commandment than what he just said. Because if you think about it, all of the Ten Commandments fall in line to what Jesus is telling us. The first half of the Ten Commandments is honoring God. The remaining of those Ten Commandments is loving your neighbor. You're not going to kill them. You're not going to murder them. You're not going to covet anything that they have. And you won't take God's name in vain. You're not going to bow down and serve other gods. You're not going to do that. You're not going to commit adultery and murder. You're not going to do that. So now that Christ has gone to the cross, we follow his laws. He gave us two, right? Love God, love your neighbor. That's love. That's the epitome of love. So if you and I choose to disobey willfully because we are being perfected because we strive daily to obey what he just said. And he has given us many teachings. His apostles gives us many teachings based on those two commandments. Stop sinning, love God, love the brethren. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, what else I got for you? Yes, we going through these scriptures just so we are not deceived. All of us, and I mean all of us from top to bottom, we must examine our lives. Look at it. Look, look at it through the lens of the Word of God, not of the bishops, not of the pastors, not of any stumbling blocks, a.k.a. false brethren, not through none of that, not even through your own interpretation, because, beloved, listen, my hand is the first always to be raised. Some of us are living in self-delusion. 
We are delusional to even think that we can read what we just touched on, just those few scriptures alone, and still go home to living lovers, go home to adulterous remarriages, go home smoking the weed, fornicating, living every bit of a complete unholy life. And because you go to church and you tithe and you read some scriptures, you think you have fellowship with God. Again, let us, I got to take you back over here to 1 John 1 down in verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet, see that part, and yet, and yet walk in the darkness of sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we really walk in the light, that is live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God as he himself is in the light. We have true unbroken fellowship with one another. He with us and we with him and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin keeping us cleansed from sin and all its forms and manifestations. Amen. So if we are manifesting all forms of sin, we are not living every day. We are not living each and every day in, conf in conformity with the teachings of our Lord. No, we not. We are not in compliance. We are not observing. We are not obeying. And more sadly, we are not respecting his teachings at all. I know. I know. That, that's, why, that's why we're going through this today. To keep all of us sober-minded. John 13. Let's take a look at verses 31 to 38. So when Judas had left, Jesus said, Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him, the son in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you are not able to come. I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. 
So you too are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love and unselfish concern for one another. Amen. So we got to look at our lives. Are we living like this? Because I see many so-called brethren slandering one another. Meanwhile, they are in high to the heavens sin. Verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me. You, you cannot follow me now, but you will be able to follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot? Why cannot I follow you now? Listen, I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you really? I'm telling you, it's like, for me, the room just got quiet, quiet. You have Peter proclaiming, Lord, I want to go wherever you go. Listen, I will lay down my life for you. All of this talking. And I could only imagine. Because see, hindsight is twenty twenty. Okay, because we know what happened with Peter. Although he's doing all of this professing, oh, Lord, Lord, I will lay down my life for you. But when the moment came, did he really? That's why the Lord says, will you really lay down your life for me? Because he said, I assure you. Mm. I assure you and most solemnly say to you before a rooster crows, you will deny and completely disown me three times. Amen. That got to be so humbling. So humbling. See, beloved, all of this talk about, oh, I love Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus I will give my life for him. And he is saying to many of us, will you really? Will you really? Because beloved, dark times are coming. It's coming. And you will, you, I will have to demonstrate and prove all of this allegiance we, we've been claiming to Jesus. Because when it comes down to whether or not you eat, drink, and live, and get on in this world, once that mark of the beast is instituted, do you really love Jesus? We're persecution unlike we have ever seen will be taking place against true followers of Jesus. Can you, can I stand the test, the heat that is coming? Do you really? Do you really? So we must take into account what the Lord is asking Peter because 
He's asking us too, do we really? Because he's like, I assure you, before the rooster crows, you will deny and completely disown me. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to go to the guillotines, beloved? I know it's so special to say, oh, yes, I will. Point me to the guillotines. I'm not taking that mark. Will you really? Because you see, that's the question of the century. Will you really? Mm, okay. Okay. Micah. Micah 6. Verses 6 to 8. Because the prophet over here. <coughs> the prophet over here. Is telling us. What God requires of man. Listen. With what shall I come before the Lord to honor him and bow down and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with yearling calves? Will the Lord be delighted with thousands of rams or with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I present my firstborn for my acts of rebellion, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Verse 8. Okay. Because we can do all of this sacrificing, right? All of this bringing of burnt offerings and, and, and calves and thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil, first fruit offerings, tithes, sowing money seed, all of that. You can even present your firstborn as a sacrifice for your rebellion, the fruit of your body for the sin of your soul. But is that what God really wants from us? We find out in verse 8. So don't let the bishop and all of his false doctrines and his satanic connections and dealings tell you that as long as you bring God types and offerings, you are good to go. Never talking about the sins of the flesh. You want to know why? Because many are in sin themselves. So no, they ain't talking about sins of the flesh. They talking about you bringing this money up in this church. Verse 8. He has told you, old man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you except to be just and to love and to diligently practice kindness, compassion, and to walk humbly with your God, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness? 
Amen. That's what the Lord wants from us. Listen, you can't. I'm here to break it to you in the name of Christ Jesus by the mercies of God. You can't love wickedness yet claim that you believe in Jesus. Those who believe in Lord Jesus demonstrate their belief by hating, hating wickedness and striving to follow Jesus' commands. That's what it means to believe in Jesus, obeying Jesus. It's not about mental ascension. It's not about you opening up that mouth, talking about, well, I'm a believer. Okay, but are you following Jesus? Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you obeying? Are you truly following Jesus? I'm not talking about you following the doctrines of devils coming out of your apostate church. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about all of these YouTubers and Facebookers claiming they bringing forth the word. But if you look on their timelines, if you really scour over their channels, are they really living for Jesus or are they carrying false doctrine? Because unless we are, I, I keep, I keep, I keep saying this on the podcast. If we are not for ourselves in this word, we are going, I'm, I'm telling you, it is a biblical truth. You and I will be led astray. Listen, don't be a fan of Jesus. Become a follower of Jesus. Jesus says, my Lord says, my sheep, my. Okay, again, he is not confused, nor is he clueless. He knows those who belong to him. Listen, he said, my sheep, hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. Amen. What is he talking about? No one will snatch them out of his hand. He's talking about hirelings. He's talking about these wolves in sheep's clothing who carry false doctrine, high-sounding nonsense, pseudo-intellectual babble. We are not being captivated by these ungodly, depraved ones. Therefore, they can't snatch us from Jesus. Why? Because we are on, only listening. Am I saying that right? Listening to him. His voice. But if you don't know the voice of Jesus, you are in trouble. Listen. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father 
who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Amen. Let me open up. I want to open up John 10. And I believe I want to go to verse 3. Hold on. Let me just... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we got to understand, Christ Jesus is the good shepherd. Yep. So actually... If we, if we begin in verse 1 of John 10 and see, beloved, we must constantly keep coming over here. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up from some other place on the stone wall, that one is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, the protector and provider. Amen. The doorkeeper opens the gate for this man and the sheep hear his voice and pay attention to it. And knowing that they listen, yes, catch it, beloved catch what the Lord is saying and knowing that they listen, he calls his own sheep by name. Oh, glory, hallelujah. It's true. He does call us by our name. Have you heard him call you by your name? Because when when that happens, I'm, I'm telling you what I know. I'm a witness. It is a game changer. Unlike the apostate bishop and his mega church, he don't know your name. He's not calling you by your name. He's only calling you by your name because you are one of the biggest tither. But if you are just some lowly individual like how I was sitting up in a mega church, 5,000, 10,000, 30,000 people, the bishop. The pastor did not know my name individually, but I guarantee you, let me constantly bring him tens of thousands of checks. Oh, I'm quite sure he would have known my name then. But the Lord Jesus is telling us, thank you, Holy Spirit. He knows our name. He knows those who are his. So, Stop thinking you can pull something over on him. Do you not know who you are dealing with? Holy God, who created the heavens and the earth and you. He knows exactly who you are. It's one thing to be his creation. is another thing to be his child. So, Lord Jesus is saying, the doorkeeper opens the gate for this man and the sheep hear his voice and pay attention to it. And knowing that they listen, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out to pastor. Amen. When he has brought all his own sheep outside, he 
because he's actually talking about himself. He gets us all outside, right? He walks on ahead of them and the sheep follow him. You want to know why? Because they know his voice and recognize his call. Amen. Don't be a blind sheep following behind blind guides because you both will fall into the same ditch. Listen, the Lord Jesus is saying this about his sheep. They will never follow a stranger, but will run away from him. Why? Because they do not know the voice of strangers. Amen. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was talking about. You want to know why? Because further, further down, he tells us why they don't understand what he's talking about. It's because they are not his sheep. Therefore, they don't follow him. They don't listen and they don't obey because they are not his sheep. Oh, beloved, we, I'm, I'm telling you, we got to catch this today. So that's why I'm encouraging you all, myself included, to not be fans of Jesus. So, beloved, I had to take a little pause there. My son, I keep telling the boy. When I'm recording, you got to keep it down. Now, I know he's on his little winter break and he's just having himself some fun, but you got to keep it down. So before I let you all go, right, let's talk about the one and only, the one and only reason people choose not to follow Jesus because it all comes down to this beloved listen okay if we think about it right perhaps the most famous conversation in the bible is the one lord jesus had with the pharisee nicodemus as recorded by john over there in chapter three so we can't assume that John witnessed this exchange and he recorded it exactly as it happened because Nicodemus was a teacher of the law and a learned man. John said this discussion happened at night, probably because Nicodemus had his reputation to protect since Jesus was a controversial figure among the Jewish leaders. Pretty much like today, he is very controversial only because he is the light and the world wants their darkness more. So we got to talk about the one and only reason people choose to not follow him. Okay. So, everybody knows 
John 3.16. Everyone can pretty, mo- pretty much quote it verbatim. If I can get it out. But it's also important to read and evaluate this verse in a more complete context. Because let's read it, right? Why not? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because He has not believed in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God. And this is the judgment. See what unbelief will get us? This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Oh, beloved, hold on a minute. This could very well be the reason. People who claim they follow Jesus, but still walk in darkness, they really hate Jesus. And I know that's a big statement to make. Think about it. If you follow his command to love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, there will be no room for darkness. How could there be if your whole heart, if your your whole soul all of your feelings, your emotions, all of your thoughts, your will bends to him. How could there be any room in all of that for sin? So if we sin anyway, now I'm not talking about missing the mark, okay? Learn your lesson, repent, and never go back to it. Sin no more. Go, comma, and sin no more. But I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about those who claim the name but still live in sin, and then they want to run over to somebody's apostate church to to tickle itching ears about how they can stay in in their filth and darkness, and still go to heaven. I'm talking to them, okay? Because what's truly in that heart, Jesus already knows it. It is deceitful. There is no love for God in your heart, not if you are still living wickedly. Listen, the light, because this is the judgment and it will always be the judgment. And if any one of us is judged 
by this judgment, it stands correct. Correct. This is the judgment. And speaking of which, who wants to spend eternity tormenting day and night with no relief in the lake of fire, knowing all you had to do was to sincerely repent, follow Jesus, and live clean and holy as we are being sanctified by his Holy Spirit. And we had the chance and ample opportunity to do it by God's grace. Imagine the regret and the weeping and gnashing of teeth behind that revelation. God gave us ample amount of time to come to Jesus, walk in consecration, holiness, separated from this world, living humbly and lowly in spirit. At the same time, doing what he called us to do and loving every minute of it. And not only that, having rewards on this side of the earth coming from God. Because listen, God does bless his children. Why not? Earthly parents bless their children. How much more so if we ask for the Holy Spirit? Won't he give him to us? Thank you, my Lord. So, the judgment, the light. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And we know Jesus says, I am the light of of the world, right? Okay. Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light. Amen. So that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Amen. So, let us extract from Christ's words about these important points. Okay. There are two groups of people in the world. Those who will perish and those who will have eternal life. It's one or the other. There is no third rail. Believe in. Listen. Because. Listen. Believing in Jesus is the factor that makes the difference. Lord Jesus came into the world to save those who would believe in him. Believing in Jesus and we will gain eternal life. Reject Jesus and we will perish. So, what does it mean? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep beating this dead horse. What does it mean to believe in him? To believe in Jesus. Okay. Because we ain't talking about mental ascension. About how, oh yeah, I know about Jesus. He's the son of God. He died on the cross and rose the third day. 
He's alive, sitting at the right hand of God. Okay, well, we know. We Even a sinner can pick up a Bible and read that and have knowledge. To believe in Jesus, let's get us the biblical definition once and for all. To believe in Jesus is to agree that he is the light, that he is the way and the truth and the life. So say John 14, 6. Those who believe in Jesus demonstrate, demonstrate their belief by hating wickedness and striving to follow Jesus' command. Jesus commands. Listen, you cannot, I'm going to say it again, you cannot love wickedness yet claim that you believe in Jesus. The two are not compatible. If you continue delighting in the things of darkness, you aren't truly a believer. To believe is to follow. Listen and obey Jesus Christ. That's what it means that you believe in Jesus. Well, your belief, okay, is demonstrated. How? In the way you believe. Is he truly your Lord and Savior? Are you living life like he is the Lord of your life? Because I know many claim that he's their savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family. But now that you are in this family, we live differently. We don't go back to darkness. We don't, we don't run to cults and all of these denominational apostate churches. Because over there, I'm telling you as a witness, they ain't preaching the real Jesus. They most certainly ain't preaching the real gospel. They are tickling ears. They are fleecing the flock. They themselves are drenched in abominations. But yet, just because they put on a good suit, talk a good game, very charismatic and prolific, oh, they are great sermonizers. I'm telling you, you you would swear out, this man is anointed, this woman is anointed, but behind closed doors, they are freaks. They are reprobates hanging on a thread. So there it is. The one reason people choose not to follow Lord Jesus is because they do not agree with his standards. They look at the commands of God And they judge their standards to be higher or more important than God's standards. Oh boy, you're talking about pride. 
They believe that their standards are higher than Jesus and those of his apostles. Or as Lord Jesus put it, they love the darkness rather than the light because their works are evil. Listen, people choose not to follow Jesus because they prefer their lifestyle over the lifestyle Jesus exemplifies. That's it. It's, it really is that simple. Tragically simple. Listen. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. To believe in Jesus. To follow Jesus is eternal life. How horrible it is that people reject him because they love their sin. They love the darkness to the point that they are choosing an eternity of misery for a few short years of pleasures in this life. This life goes just like that. We are here and then we are not. What's even more tragic is the fact that more often than not, no, I would say a thousand percent of the time, their sin does not deliver the joy that it seems to promise. Dark choices in this life, beloved, will result in trouble and misery right now, and they will lead to an eternity of agony that goes on forever and ever and ever when this life is over. Beloved, I think, I think, I think I have said enough. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. I'm going to say this, and then we're going to pray, and then I'm going to let you all go. Listen, if you really knew the Lord Jesus Christ, you would never, never, ever, ever leave him, no matter what. Jesus, Lord Jesus, told us so clearly over there. Again, John 10, 3 to 4. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his sheep, when he has brought out all his sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. He tells us in verse 14 to 16 of John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Yes, Lord, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also <clears throat> and they will listen to my voice. Amen. Lord Jesus makes it clear that before the sheep knew him, 
He knew them and he called them. The sheep follow, follow their shepherd because they recognize his voice. Not only do they recognize his voice, but they listen to his voice. He makes a wonderful promise to those whom he calls and knows. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. They won't be snatched out of the, out of the father's hand either. Listen, he said over here in Matthew 12, verse 30, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Amen. Because beloved, I know I promised to let you go, but I got to tell you this. Some people, because I already touched on it, but I got to say it again. Some people who claim to be Christians are actually against Christ. And some of his sheep need disciplined. So that's all that needs to be said for today. Father, glory, hallelujah, to your righteous, good, holy name. Father, you are sovereign. You are above all. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we give you praise this day. We shall rejoice in this day, for you have made it. Thank you. For your grace. Thank you for your mercy and long suffering. Thank you for making a way for sinners to be made right with you. Lord Jesus, he tells us in John 14, 6, he is that way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. Oh, Father, he also tells us in John 11, 25 to 27, he is the resurrection and the life. He said this to Martha, who was grieving over the death of her brother Lazarus, not knowing that the Lord Jesus was not only going to raise him up on the last day, but that this day he will walk out of that tomb, although he had been in it for four days. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, relies on me as Savior, will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me as Savior will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed and continue to believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the Son of God. He who was destined and promised to come into the world and it is and it is for you that the world 
has waited. Amen. I love this, Father. I love this. We can claim we believe in Jesus, but do we really know who he is? He is the resurrection and the life. Father, John, John 3, 31 to 36. He who comes from heaven above is above all others. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks about things of the earth. His viewpoint and experience are earthly. He who comes from heaven is above all. What he has actually seen and heard of that he testifies. And yet no one accepts his testimony as true. Whoever receives his testimony has set his seal of approval to this. God is true and he knows that God cannot lie. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God proclaiming the Father's own message. For God gives the gift of the Spirit without measure. Generously and boundlessly, the Father loves the Son, hallelujah, and has given and entrusted all things into his hand. He who believes and trusts in the Son and accepts him as Savior has eternal life. That is, already possesses it. But he who does not believe the Son and chooses to reject him, disobeying him and denying him as Savior, will not see eternal life. But instead, the wrath of God hangs over him continuously, continually. Amen. Thank you, Father, that your children will not be deceived. As long as we have your word, we stand in the truth. We have truth himself living on the inside of us. That's why he commands us, exhorts us to not be deceived. Because it is easy to be deceived. Even the very elect can be deceived. But if we follow him, listening only to his voice, his voice speaks to us through his word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's why each and every one of us, Father, must be like the Bereans, pouring over the word of God. So whoever is speaking to us about your word, it must match up, line up, align completely down. Every jot and tittle must line up with your word. Any deviation from your word, we must discount it. 
and not be swayed by anyone who's standing up. And I don't, Father, it don't matter how many doctrines, doctorates they have. It don't matter how many years they spent in seminary. It don't matter who laid on the hand of fellowship on them. If they are not coming with this word that we can read for ourselves, we must have nothing to do with them. The reason why so many people stay in these false ministries is because they do not know the real Jesus. And Father, you know, <clears throat> you know where I was. Anyone who claims they follow Jesus but live wickedly are deceived. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for teaching us what is true, right, and good. Bless your holy name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. All right, beloved. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Praise the living God. Bye for now. Before I go, before I go, be not deceived. God won't be mocked. Bad company corrupts good morals. Never forget. Until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Praise the living God. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.